I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 497. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. I am straining with my voice right now because I just got finished talking for almost an hour. Um, We did an AMA call, an Ask Me Anything call. And it was super exciting because I've done AMA calls in the past. It's been a long time since I've done one, but I've never done one where we recorded it for the podcast. So that was exciting. We're coming up on 500 episodes. We actually have over 500 episodes because 10 of them didn't have numbers. But anyway, um, and also almost 10 years of podcasting, and it was a first. It was also a first because I had Emily as my co-host. So you're going to listen and uh, find out who Emily is. I made sure that we started the recording before I started talking about who Emily is and, and why she's so important to me. And there were some really great questions that were asked about friendships, um, some kind of logistics questions about the re-release, the updated version of how to stop feeling like shit, questions about my future endeavors as an author, and about, you know, kind of when life hands you a shit sandwich, what do we do in those situations? And I um, I gave some, I handed out some advice and it was super fun. I'd be happy to do this again. And thank you to the women that were able to make it live. We gave away a book at the very end. So that was also exciting. And so we're going to get into it. Um, the only thing I think that I wanted to announce was, again, the re-release of How to Stop Feeling Like Shit is now. It has happened. As this episode is live, the new version should be shipping. I'm not sure if it, how it's going to be when this episode comes out, but real quick, if you order from Amazon and it comes up 
and it's the white cover, scroll down a little bit and you're looking for the yellow cover. It's the same confetti with black lettering that says how to stop feeling like shit, but you are looking for a yellow cover, whether you're looking on the audiobook version, the ebook version, or the print version that you're going to have shipped to you. You're looking for the yellow version. You might have to scroll down a little bit to, to find it. And I think that's it. It's exciting. There's still a bunch of bonuses that are available. Get them while you can. We have limited quantities of the book plates. Those are the stickers that are the branded stickers that I will personalize and sign to you so you can put it on the inside of your book. And everything, all the bonuses, the the free workbook, the sharing contest that's going to end fairly soon, that we're going to do a drawing for prizes and the private podcast episode or episodes, I should say, it's a series, is all over at andreaowen.com slash H-T-S-F-L-S. And so without further ado, here is the very first recorded AMA call. All right, we're, we're here for the first ever Ask Me Anything a podcast recording. I thought it would be fun to do this. I've done ask me anything's in the past. It's been a it's been a minute since I've done them, but I've never done one where we've recorded for the podcast. So this is fun out of almost 500 episodes and nine and a half years of the show. This is the first time we've ever done this. So that's that's fun. So so far on the call, we have a hand handful of amazing ladies that are here. And as I mentioned, feel free to jump in the chat if you have. A, a question that you want to ask, or even just a comment, or to say hi to, to the other people that are here. Emily is here, and she is joining me as my host slash co-host. So she's going to be asking the questions and monitoring the chat. This is really exciting, Emily, because this is the first time we've ever done anything. Has it? Have you ever done? You've done webinars with me in the past. Yes, but nothing on the podcast. Nothing on the podcast. And nothing on video. And so you have two amazing ladies that are growing out their gray hair. <laughs> Both of us. I love it. And Emily has been behind the scenes with formerly your kick-ass life for 10 years. We celebrated 10 years in October. So she has been with me through the entirety of the podcast. Pretty much everything that you see that is working is because of Emily. If it were left up to me, it would be a little messy, <laughs> but thank you, Emily. I want to just publicly thank you for how organized you are and how on top of things and your customer service is flawless. And just thank you so much for everything, for being with me for so long. You're so welcome, Andrea. All right. This call is going to be just super free flowing. We have a couple of questions that were sent into us ahead of time that we're going to go ahead and answer. And then we're going to open it up to the chat if anybody has a question. And I would love for you to take yourself off of mute if you can. I know, Molly, you said you're at work and you might not be able to do that. But if you want to ask a question, you're more than welcome to do that. Or you can just ask it in the chat that that works as well, um, at the very end, I'm going to, Emily is actually going to randomly choose someone from the chat to win a free copy of How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, um, which brings me to kind of why we're here. I wanted to do a celebration. This book has been quite the world traveler. How to Stop Feeling Like Shit was released in January of 2018. I got the idea for it in 2015. I wrote it in 2016. 
And it was released in 2018 and has been just a a phenomenal success. If I do say so myself, I'm going to brag for a minute. And this book has been translated into 19 languages and is available in 23 countries. I get tagged on social media from all over the world in languages I don't recognize or can understand. And it's just really exciting. And, you know, a few things have happened since 2018, the pandemic, the social unrest, the Me Too movement, the conversation around toxic positivity has come to the forefront in personal development circles, which I'm happy that it has. And I got the idea to maybe do a little update and revision. Like right when the pandemic started, I started thinking about it and I approached my literary agent and then the publisher and they were like, sure, that's a great idea. Thank you. So I sat down and wrote 10,000 additional words. What that translates to is that every single chapter has an update in it. And for those of you on video, I can kind of show you what it's going to look like. For those of you that prefer audio, obviously it's a little bit different. But if you remember at the end of every chapter, there's a box that's that I, I say, ask yourself the hard questions. And there's a handful of kind of coaching questions, journaling questions. And then at the end of that is where the new revision will start. So there is kind of a separation. So if you have the print book or the ebook, you can see where the new um, the new parts are. If you are listening to it on audio, which I just recorded the new editions a handful of weeks ago, you're just going to have to listen for after I, you know, ask ask yourself the hard questions. There'll be the the new the new stuff. But there's not like a a, a bell rings or anything like that. It just it, it kind of just flows into the next part. So that starts shipping on December 27th. Thank you so much for, for ordering the new version. It's exciting. It's really exciting. Are we ready to answer some questions, Emily? Yes, let's go. So I okay. think you already answered the first question, which was from Molly. And it was what kind of updates does the book have? Yeah. Well, let me let me go into a tiny a little bit more depth. Um, Molly, and that's a that's a great question. So there are additional tools. I'm pretty sure every single chapter has at least one more tool or strategy that I have put into this book, whether it's because of something that I have learned over the last five years, or it's something that touches on a conversation that's more more prevalent now than it was back when I wrote it in 2016. But it's it's not fluff. I wouldn't do that to you guys. <laughs> it's not BS and fluff. It is it is new information, new strategies, new tools uh, to try out. And it's just, um, yeah, we grow and evolve as authors. And it's it's really an, a privilege to be able to go back and, and edit books with new knowledge that we have. I really wish I could go back to 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life to add some some sparkle into that too. But alas, we have we have this book. So great question. Thank you, Molly. Okay. Our next question is, do you plan on writing any more books? I do. Um, that, uh, well, I'm at, in the process of writing two book proposals right now. I am finally writing my memoir, you guys. I don't I don't know um, if any, I haven't had the question in a while, but if you've read any of my previous books and if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you've heard snippets of my story that my my first husband had an affair with our neighbor and got her pregnant while we were having the conversation about conceiving our first child. And then I dated someone who um, 
fooled me into thinking that he had a terminal illness and it turns out he was a drug addict. And then I was pregnant and I had this very tumultuous about 18 months of my life from 2006 into 2007, which actually brought me to life coaching. I it was my rock bottom. I'm like, I need to change my life. How do you change your life? Um, you need to change your life in order to change your life. <laughs> That's what I did. And so I have about 60,000 words already in a manuscript for that memoir. This writing that memoir has been a real bitch. I'll tell you because memoir is new for me. If anyone has written a memoir, you, you know, but it's different than just kind of your regular run of the mill self-help. I wouldn't say it's, it's harder, just, it's just a different genre that I am not used to. So I've been taking classes and hired a a book coach and all that stuff. And so my literary agent and I are going to try to sell that in the new year. And I'm I'm really excited about that. I already have a title, um, which I'm not telling you right now, but I also have another self-help book in the works. I'm writing that proposal too. It's going to be more along the lines, um, kind of an updated version of 52 ways to live a kick-ass life, you know, short, sort of bursts of motivation and inspiration. And um, with my kind of signature, you know, cheerleader slash in your face (laughs) friend who kind of calls it out and tells it as it is. So I'm excited for both of those. So those are coming up in the new year. Yay. Yay. Okay. Our next question is from Catherine. And Catherine's question is how to overcome a fear of success. I don't necessarily have a fear of failure. I've experienced many failures in my life and have learned to take the lessons they provide me and leave the rest in the past. However, I do have a fear of success. When imagining myself being successful in my professional endeavors, I get riddled with anxiety with how this success will change my life, how it might change me, etc. I feel like that is what's holding me back rather than being fearful of failure. I love this question so much. So Catherine sent that in ahead of time and um, she said she was going to try, she was going to be at work and she was going to try to make it on the call. So I would love people to type in the chat if they experienced the fear of success at all. It's one of those things that I feel like doesn't get talked about quite as much because it seems counterintuitive. Like, of course we want to be successful. Like this is America after all. Well, except for Emily's in Canada, but same, same, right? Like, of course, everybody wants to be successful. And I, I talked about this in Make Some Noise, which is my book that came out last summer. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull some excerpts from that. And one of the things that, and I think I mentioned this actually in Make Some Noise, I heard a podcast interview or something and a man was talking about the fear of success. And he was adamant and he said, hands down, the fear of success really only is the fear of failure in disguise. We're afraid of the failure that we might have when we have more successes. And I thought to myself, yes, and I believe that it's different for women. And which I won't, I won't kind of go off on a feminist tangent about that. But I think for women, our fear of success, there's a, there's kind of like some ancillary parts to it. And one of those is that the sustainability of it can really be paralyzing. When we think about, you know, what if I get this promotion and it's going to be a really great pay raise, but it's going to require me to work more hours. How on earth am I going to sustain that? Or how am I going to have the energy and wherewithal and childcare (laughs) to get to the next level after that? So some of these might be subconscious things that we're not 
you know, reflecting on that are in the forefront of our mind. Some of them, they might be things that we're thinking about, but I do think that that is something that maybe men don't have to think about is that sustainability because when it comes to men's time, it seems to be infinite and women's time is not. Um, Okay. Or actually the other way around. People think that women's time is infinite. Like we have so much because we can do all of this labor that we that is unfair that we need actually need help with. All right. Let me scooch over into chapter. This is chapter three and make some noise. And this chapter is called start asking for everything you want. And I talk about these handful of fears that we tend to have that make us not ask for things that we want. And maybe that's, you know, that you're not asking for more success, that you're not asking um, for a promotion or a raise or for your partner to step up in their relationship, et cetera. And so this is fear number four. I am on page 44 in the print version. So we might be afraid of a yes if we're going to ask for what we want. And then we'll have to level ourselves up and really truly show up. Okay. So it's not, and what I say in this book to quote myself, the author, I say, it's not that you're afraid of having more money, better relationships, or more opportunities. What you're afraid of is the results of that. So um, more money or promotion at work might mean more pressure. If your partner gives you what you want, gives you what you're asking for, you might feel like this is the healthiest relationship you've ever had. And that might lead to being more vulnerable. It might lead to um, you're not used to this great relationship and you feel that it's destined to fail. It might ask you to uh, kind of look at things that you might have to look at like in a therapist's office, things like that. So again, I want to reiterate that. It's not that you're afraid of the success. It's you're afraid of the results of that success. So my invitation, Catherine, and to any of you um, who might have this fear of success is to really kind of get to the nitty gritty and ask yourself, like, what are the results that could happen if I have more success? Like be specific. Are you afraid of having more money and you need to work on your money stuff? Are you afraid of the spotlight that might get put on you if you are successful in maybe starting your own business or you get that promotion and you are managing a team that is larger than you're used to? you know, that spotlight can just paralyze you. So I want you to get really specific with what it is that you're afraid of so that you can dig into that, so that you can maybe bring it to your therapist and kind of unpack what it is that you're really afraid of. Sometimes we're stuck in our fear and we're not even really sure what the fear is. You know, it's like this kind of like big meta view, kind of arbitrary thing and it's called success. What, what is that exactly? Like be specific. And then, um, baby steps, you know, maybe you don't have to have these huge leaps and bounds. Maybe it's small things. Maybe you ask for a, you know, just a little bit more responsibility at work. And I'm not asking you to sort of undermine yourself and like, just ask for crumbs, but just start, start with baby steps. So that's, that's one part of it. 
I've taken several classes with Masterclass on things like communication, entrepreneurship, and storytelling, and absolutely loved everyone because of their caliber of instructors and how concise the classes are. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. You can make new habits with New York Times bestselling author James Clear, improve your physical and mental well-being with leading gut health experts, or build stronger relationships with renowned psychotherapist Esther Perel. She is so amazing. I had gotten curious about how to be a better communicator, so I took the Art of Negotiation class with Chris Voss, and it helped me to do things like read body language, read speech patterns, and so much more, so I can better communicate with who, you ask? My teenagers. (laughs) Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Andrea. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Andrea. Masterclass.com slash Andrea. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And then the other thing um, that I talk about also in the fear of success is in chapter, I think this is chapter two, start shining too bright. And um, I also recommend the book if you guys have, has anyone read, type in the chat, have you read the book, uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks? It's right behind me. I recommend it a lot. And he talks about sort of our upper, um, what is it called, Emily? Upper upper limit problem? Upper limit problem. Upper yes. limit problem. Yeah. And how we all have this kind of set point where, you know, that could be like in our relationships or with the amount of money that we earn, or um, maybe it's like our level of fitness or physical health or whatever it is. And when we go outside of that, or should it be more specific? Like when we go above that, above and beyond that is when we many times can self-sabotage. And so I, it's, it's a fairly short read, there's one chapter of it. Like I, I, I just skip over about Einstein time. I tell people like, just if that's confusing, don't worry about it. But one of the things that I, I really resonate with, and I, I quote him in the book, is he talks about this fear of outshining others. And I see this with a fair amount of my clients, because as women, we're taught to not shine too bright, right? We're taught to not draw too much attention to ourselves and, um, and many times we fear leaving people behind, you know, these can be our childhood friends or our colleagues or our siblings or our parents, you know, fear of making more money than the people closest to us, this fear of outshining others. So I invite you to take a look at that, Catherine and anyone else who struggles with this. Like, is that something that I know that I've definitely struggled with that of leaving people behind and, you know, being someone who's ambitious and just driven it is something that I've had to unpack and also have candid conversations with people about and, and, you know, and add some humor into it too, and some levity, because it doesn't have to be so serious. But um, I, and then I wrote this question down because I'm a coach and we 
tend to come up with just these very open-ended questions for maybe you to think about and, um, and journal on. And that question I wrote down was, what if she can learn to feel safe there? So it's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily asking you what is safe, you know, can you feel safe there? Not a yes or no, or what would it look like to feel safe there? That's a valid question. And maybe, maybe one that you can answer, but, but what if you can learn to feel safe there? Like what might happen if you could feel safe in that place of success? And I, again, invite you to be specific about your success. What if you could learn to feel safe making more money than your parents ever did? What if you could learn to feel safe um, having a, a job or a relationship that is, you know, bigger and healthier than, than anyone you've ever known? And um, that question can kind of be translated into a few different ways, which I'm not going to say because I want you to interpret it as whatever resonates with you. So that was a very long-winded answer to a really great and sometimes complex question. And I thank you, Catherine, for asking it. That's a great question. Um, there's some new people that have joined us. And I just want to quickly say, if you have questions, you can type them in the chat. Emily, my amazing co-host, is monitoring that. And you can discuss in the chat if you want to. And at the very end, we are going to do just a random drawing for um, the new version of How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. Okay. Our next question is from Danielle in the chat. She asked, is the updated version going to be available on Audible? Yes, it should be now. I would love, love, love if one of you went and checked. (laughs) It should be a yellow thumbnail for the new version. Can someone check maybe while you're on the call, if you don't mind and and tell us if it's available, I have recorded it and it should be edited like fairly quickly. It absolutely should be ready by the 27th to come out in your, um, is that, I have, I have never purchased a book on audible that was like about to come out. Like I've only purchased books that already have been out. So is that how they do it? Does it usually like suddenly become available in your library? Like the day it comes out, is that how it works? Do you know, Emily? I've never done that either, but Danielle is saying yes. And she sees it there. I don't see it on the audible Canadian site yet. So you don't see it in audible Canada. Okay. Hopefully soon. Um, And that's, that's a good question for us to ask the people over at um, Hachette Audio Canada. Thank you for the question. What else? Okay, a new question. Andrea, have you ever thought about writing a novel? Yes. Um, I just don't know how. (laughs) No, that's not exactly true. I just don't have the brain for that. I have such admiration for people that can think of stories. Fun fact, I read mostly fiction. People ask me like, Oh, what good self-help books have you read lately? And I'm like, none. I I am almost embarrassed to admit that I don't read a lot of self-help, uh, partly because I don't want it to, um, you know, like, especially if I'm writing my own book, then I absolutely am like sober from nonfiction self-help books because I don't want it to kind of, you know, get in the way of what I'm doing or at all feel like, oh my gosh, that's what I was going to say and get all in my head about it. But um, of course, I've read all of Brene Brown's books. And, you know, I just told you I read Gay Hendricks' book and I've read um, Jen Sincero's books, which I, I really, truly love. They're, they're also entertaining as well. Also, because it's, it's what I do for a living, 
And I just like, unless it's like continuing education, then I, I don't do it for pleasure. So I read a ton of thrillers. And if anyone's on Goodreads, you can follow me on Goodreads and like see all the books that I'm reading. I do love a good thriller, except I don't love just the, you know, the continuous trope of woman gets assaulted and murdered and her body's found in the woods and we're going to find who did it. It's like, come up with a new storyline. Come on. <laughs> I do read those sometimes, but but I, I love thrillers and I have a handful of authors that I really like and that I I buy all their books. But no, that's not really how my imagination works. But I I have such admiration for people who who do that. And I I can see how now that I'm writing a memoir, I can see why it takes so long for people to write books and write novels and, and just fiction in general, like the the characters and making them three-dimensional and the plot. Anyway, it's just so much more involved to me than writing a self-help book. But I don't know, maybe fiction writers would think the other way around. One question we had that was pre-submitted was, are you going to teach any more writing classes? Yes. I, I so appreciate this question because I hadn't planned on it. And I messaged my dear friend, Amy Ehlers, who I have taught two writing classes with. Um, the first one was like during the onset of the pandemic in 2020. And they were popular and well-loved by the women that took the writing classes. And I, I texted her this morning and said, Hey, someone um, asked me if I was going to teach any more writing classes. And I would love to teach that writing class with you. Are you up for it? And she said, yes. So yes, stay tuned. 2023. Yes. So make sure that you either listen to the podcast or better yet are on my email list and get my emails and look for that. And it should be coming up, I would say within maybe late winter, early spring. I can't say for certain, but probably fairly soon. And that's for Renee. Justin Renee, Chris, thank you, Renee. Yes. And you can also work with me privately, specifically around writing a book proposal. I'm going to actually send out some emails about that if anyone's interested in being traditionally published. And I've also helped clients write their nonfiction book. Um, we can, I'm happy to do like a quick 20 minute call with you to see if it's something that, that um, I might be a good fit to help you. And if I'm not, then I, I know so many authors that I probably know someone who can help you to get the the work that you're looking for. If you're looking for private work, but for group stuff, yeah, stay tuned. One of my biggest fears, and I was thinking about this because at a therapy session, I go every other Wednesday and my therapist was talking about, he mentioned like the word neuroses, you know, and he like, you, you know, your neuroses or blah, blah, blah. And he always says, you know, everyone has one or some, you know, we all have like things that trip us up and whether it's, you know, comes from our childhood, which it usually does. And I was thinking about it this morning after I dropped off my kids and I was driving home and I have a couple, one of them being is I have a deep, deep fear that no one's going to come to my party. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I don't like to plan birthday parties. For myself, because I am so deeply, I take it so personally when people can't come. And, and even if it's for good reason, you know, like they have COVID or, you know, like their, their mom's in the hospital. Like I'm, I'm just like, so hurt. Like my inner critic comes in and says like, they don't really like you all that much. Like they're just pretending like that's my neuroses. And so when it even comes to calls like this, I get this like quiver in my stomach of like, oh my God, Emily, it's just going to be you and me. <laughs> it's going to come to my party and Emily's here because I pay her. Like, <laughs> but, 
that's the stuff that goes through my mind, you guys. So you're not alone if you have neuroses that you think are weird, or if you have the same one that I do, you're afraid no one's going to come to your party. (laughs) Our next question is from Molly. And Molly, I shared in the chat. My question feels too huge. What if you feel like you're deciding on everything in life, what to do with your relationship, where to live, what to do for a living? 2022 has been completely insane and I don't have any thought traction. Any advice? Is this something I can ask? I wrote about this in, in Make Some Noise. And if you have a copy of Make Some Noise, I invite you to go back to chapter eight. I was looking in the wrong section. Start writing it out and practicing resilience. And that chapter was born from a client that I had who had a similar experience that you very briefly described. She had so many things coming at her at once. She had... um Her father was very, very gravely ill in the hospital. She had an ex-boyfriend whom she had lived with who was she had broken up with and he was stalking her and also holding hostage so many of her personal items. Many of them like were family heirlooms and like her with her father being sick and dying. It was like extra painful for her. She had just gotten sober. She was dealing with BS at work. And she came to our coaching session and she was crying. And she said, I have been working on myself for so long. I've read so many great self-help books and listened to all the podcasts and follow all the, (laughs) all the right experts. Like there's gotta be a tool to like, get me out of this, you know, to, to be able to, to, you know, focus on one thing or like, you know, be able to bypass things easier and be able to handle things better. And she was beating herself up for not being able to handle things better. What we coached around was sometimes you get handed like the most gigantic shit sandwich you if you feel like you've ever been handed at once. And I also think too, Molly, coming off the heels of the pandemic, Yes, it's been, you know, we're coming up on three years here in March, but in like the grand scheme of our lives, it really has been a short time since this has happened. And we have this collective grief and, and things are not the same as, as they used to be. And I think all of us are changed in some way. Some of us, you know, are just at our limit with things that we can handle. And I say all that because My hope is that you can give yourself some extra grace that things are harder and there will always be someone that has it harder than you. There will always be someone that has it harder than you always. And it doesn't mean that things aren't difficult for you. And it might be like the most difficult time of your life. So my, my advice is, you know, heaps and heaps and heaps of self-compassion. Emily, can you read me the question specifically that she had? Cause she listed all these really difficult things about 2022. And then what was the exact question? The exact question is what if you feel like you're deciding on everything in your life? If you're deciding on everything. Yeah. I just, the, the thing that has helped me in those moments it reminds me, you know, when my whole life fell apart, I briefly described it at the very, at the top of the call. And I, I got out a calendar, like a paper calendar. And I, you know, you can get them for like $4.99 on Amazon, like kittens on it or whatever, the kind that have the, the month and the days. And I got a Sharpie and I started crossing off the days like old school one day at a time because it helped me see that time was actually passing and that I could only handle 
one day at a time. I could only handle one thing at a time. And I I just, it sounds like this is a time in your life where you need to pile on the self-care extra, extra, extra. So it's leaning on friends and or family members, coworkers that you trust when they say things like, let me know if you need anything, take them up on it and just say, I actually do. Can you meet me for coffee or can you walk my dog this weekend so I can like take an extra nap or whatever it is that you need lean on people that are in your life you know things like the basics like I forget about this stuff too the basics like getting enough sleep drinking enough water (laughs) trying to get out in nature even though it depends on where you live it's not the best weather right now these these basic things that we hear about all the time that never change that are never new Check in with yourself. Are you getting all of those things? Are you having connections with people? I, th- I, you know, have you guys seen that that documentary that's out right now that Jonah Hill did called Stutz, where he basically interviews his therapist? It's it's really great. I love a therapist who can create metaphors. This is one of the reasons I love Brene Brown's work because she does so many of her methodologies and tools via metaphor, and he he does this pyramid. And I cannot remember what he calls it. I wish I could remember off the top of my head. And, you know, there's like three parts when it comes to taking care of yourself and sort of, you know, being your best self. The biggest part, I think he said like 85% is, is your body. And that is exactly what I was just talking about. Making sure you're getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, fueling yourself with foods that your body really, really likes and can digest well. And it's one of those things where I forget this too, like how important that actually is to our well-being. And sometimes it's helpful for me to kind of get out of my own head drama. I'm not saying this is happening to you, Molly, and I'm not making accusations that you have head drama, but you might if you're anything like me, where I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things I can't take on another thing. And just reminding myself, I don't, I don't need to decide this right in this moment. I can just put one foot in front of the other. What do I need to get done in the next hour? Okay. Well, I need to like finish up these emails to, for, for work. Um, and then, then don't even think about what you need to do when you get home from work. Like you don't even need to think about that right now. So in the most, my most stressful times, that's what I do is pull way back and not what they call future trip. In the rooms of recovery, we call it future tripping. Like when you're thinking about all these things that need to happen and what could happen, and then you're in worst case scenario, and then you have had drama. And yeah, that was long winded, but I, I was kind of throwing a bunch of stuff out there, hoping hoping some of it would land. Good question. And I'm just I'm sorry too. It sounds like it fucking sucks. Like let's just <laughs> call it what it is. It just sounds like it sucks. And I'm just I'm sorry. We've all been there. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're gonna talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. 
I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. We have our first live question, and it, <laughs> and it is a big question. So feel free to come off mute. I yeah, it looks like you are, Kalia. Hi, I'm Kalila. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Kalila. Hi. Okay, so my question kind of relates a little bit to what you said and what Molly was asking. Um, so I feel like I'm an ambivert. So I too was having a situation where I felt like, okay, like on the introverted side of things of wanting to work on myself, it did feel like a lot. And I've been working on bad pacing things and that part just in process, you know, I feel better about that. But then my extroverted side feels like it's lacking. Um, I'm kind of in a town where I feel like it's hard to meet new people my age. Um, and I feel like I don't have current like friendships or bonds that I can lean on or, you know, where it's kind of a situation where you feel like you can talk to family, but they don't really understand it. So again, that side of me is lacking. So I just wondered what you would suggest based off of that to kind of help me feel more balanced. Cause I've been trying things, but haven't really had much luck. Okay. So before I, I give you any advice on this, tell us what you've been trying where you haven't had much luck. Okay. Um, so I had a group of friends, but I feel like we're more like distant friends. So I'll still like try to reach out. Hey, how are you? I'll try sending voice notes. I'll try and invite them to little get togethers. I'll go to some if I'm invited, but it's kind of like very rare. Um, just me making efforts in that aspect to try to really get depth out of the friendship. And I feel like it would be situations where the conversation is stopped short before it gets anywhere. Um, they disappear often. They don't come back. So it's kind of like I'm trying to build a bond here, but it's hard to if it's not being reciprocated, that sort of thing. Um, and I feel like I'm trying as many avenues as I can, especially if we live like an hour or two and a half away. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'll try and be like, okay, does this event work for you? Does this time period work for you? And it just never works out every time I try to plan something. 
And then I've tried like new bonds, but again, like with my town, there's not really much of a space for interactions from what I've seen. Um, and I've even tried like um, like apps like Bumble and that didn't really go too far. So yeah. those are the things I've tried so far. It's oh, it's hard. And I, I'm deep sighing here because I've so been there. I live in a small town in North Carolina and it's been tricky to build friendships. And so I, I totally understand. You're going to partly hate me for my answer. And that's going to be uh, keep trying, keep doing what you're doing. I do think that the pandemic has sort of made, has exacerbated this problem, I think for a multitude of reasons. I'm hopeful that things are going to turn around as more and more people start feeling like you start feeling like they need to have more connections in their life. So you, my hope is that you do start to see a little bit of a turnaround of people responding and starting to get together. There's this saying in the, my alma mater for my, my coaching school, the coaches training Institute. One of my favorite sayings is um, they said that sometimes in a coaching conversation, you need to just say what's there. And it's, it's, kind of calling out the elephant in the room, but sometimes it's not that dramatic. And Mm -hmm. so what this might look like for you, and you may have already done this. And so maybe this is helpful for other people listening is be very transparent about what it is that you're trying to do and what you're looking for. And this is going to be uncomfortable for most people and feel really awkward. So like, say I'm trying to um, hook up with Emily more and like spend more time with her. Cause I really like her. And, and, you know, she's maybe she doesn't answer her texts all the time and, or is, you know, canceled on me a couple of times and I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of it. So I might in my next phone call or email or text say, Hey, I'm just going to totally throw this out there. Um, you know, cause I don't want to waste anybody's time, but I really enjoy spending time with you. And I've been trying to get together and I understand that, you know, sometimes it can feel just easier to cancel and get back in bed and and not get together. But I really want to have a fun friendship with you because I enjoy your company. And if you're not looking for the same thing, please let me know. Or if it's something else, that's fine too. But I'm super open to having a conversation about it. Um, They may ghost you after that, but at (laughs) least you kind of like you put yourself out there. And I just, I think if you're willing enough and brave and courageous enough to even try in the first place, then why not take the next step and, and just say, Hey, here's really what I'm trying to do. What do you think? Because they may be like, you know what? Thank you for telling me that. And I'm sorry, I've been kind of shitty and canceling on you. I would actually love to get together with you. You, you just never know. You really never, ever know. You know, like, what do you think of that? What do you think when I say that? So I think that is a good response. My question is because it is a hard conversation to have for sure, Um, especially because people can take things in different ways, even if it's not an ill intention. Um, So for me with addressing it, a part of me wants to kind of give examples. So I wonder if I should just avoid it, like kind of say like, hey, um, you know, like you said, I want to uphold a real friendship with you, but I feel like, you know, saying what I feel is the issue. Like, I feel like when I try to reach out, um, you disappear a lot or it just never happens. I don't want them to feel attacked, but I also yeah. feel like some, 
time that's necessary to put the truth. So that's why I'm kind of unsure of how best to balance expressing it so they really understand. Because like how you said in your scenario, the other person might be like, oh yeah, you're right, I have been canceling. Some people won't even mention that, you know, so then it makes me feel like maybe I should mention it. So I don't know, I'm wondering what you feel. Should should I just avoid it, avoid that part and just express it? Like you said, just the need to Mm -hmm. start. Yeah, it's all in the delivery. If at all possible, do not do this over text. Um, if you, I, I don't know if it's if it can be done iPhone to Android, but I know with an iPhone we can use a voice to text, voice not voice to text, but just voice message, voice message. where yeah, they can hear your cadence <laughs> and they can hear your delivery. You have a you have a beautiful soft voice. So, but if Thank someone's you. reading it via text, they might completely misinterpret it. Um, I love that you asked for an example. And so I would, uh, you can always start and say, I'm making up that you don't really want to have a friendship with me. Is there any truth to that? And they might be, they might say something like, oh my gosh, uh, no, I have stuff going on over here. And I'm, you know, that they may, we have no idea what's going on in their life. They might just be flaky. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But um, I, I do think it's worth putting it out there and just being as, kind and compassionate and giving them the benefit of the doubt instead of being accusatory, which is, you're right. It's going to automatically put them on the defense. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you. Good luck. You're welcome. Um, I do have one more follow-up question actually. Um, So at what point, so if we have this conversation and you kind of give it some time, because I'm learning like trends is a thing to kind of learn from like at what point do you feel like okay this really isn't working no matter what they say their actions are telling me the opposite or like I need to just keep my peace and let this go like I know it depends on the person but I just want to know what you thought about yeah that's a good question I think you know trust your gut for one um but as we know and as I've written about and make some noise a lot of times we don't trust our own gut and we second guess ourselves Mm -hmm. so in that case that actually happened to me about a year or so ago, I had a friend out here, some stuff had happened and we ran into each other and it was really awkward. And I'm like, something's definitely going on with her. And I don't know what it is. And she hadn't reached out to me in a long time, but I also hadn't reached out to her. So I did exactly what I just told you. And I sent her a text and I said, Hey, I feel like something happened between us and I'm not sure what it was. I genuinely didn't know like if I had done something or if something was going on. And because Mm -hmm. she was local, I said, can we meet up? So we went and had lunch and it was, I was terrified and we both probably were. And I, you know, after some small talk, I asked her what happened and she was honest with me. And she's like, I felt like you, I wanted to be friends with you more than you wanted to be friends with me. And that wasn't actually true. And there was like this one time that was really didn't mean anything. And I had canceled on her kind of last minute. And it truly was like something had happened and she took it personally. And she thought I was like making it up, which wasn't true. So we ended Mm -hmm. the conversation where we had both made up stories that weren't true. We left it at, okay, good. We're friends again. Let's plan to do something So what ended up happening, unfortunately, um, we did plan to do something and then she canceled on me super abruptly. And I found out that she had like lied about her cancellation. And 
I was like, okay, I guess she really didn't want to be friends. And it was super excruciating. And I wish the story had a better happy ending. (laughs) However, (laughs) it took the second time for me to go, okay, this wasn't meant to be. And I was really trying to force something that I was really hurt from it. And I also, you guys know, I talk about grief when friendships end because we can grieve the loss of a friendship as we do a romantic relationship. And I just don't feel like it gets talked about enough. So I agree. Yeah. Trust your gut as best you can. If you are unsure, then I suggest reaching out to have, if at all possible, an in-person conversation to see what can come of it, to talk about it. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. Great questions. Super universal too. Thank you. Our next question is from Anki. I hope I'm saying that right. Are you an Enneagram type eight? Yes. Yeah. I I feel like I've said that on the podcast, which maybe she didn't know. Yes. I'm an eight wing seven. Are you also an eight? Because eight women tend to be not super common. Um, The eight is the challenger for anyone who's not super familiar with the Enneagram. We, so Chelsea Handler is an eight trying to think of other celebrities that I know of that are eights. We tend to have very strong, dominant, and sometimes aggressive personalities at our worst. We are uh, aggressive and talk over people and um, are domineering and and too loud in inappropriate situations. At our best, we are fantastic leaders. So yes, I am. Wing seven, which is the enthusiast. I am enthusiastic. Um, While you're kind of flipping through the people, I I invite you to kind of like post in the chat, those of you that are here live, like, where are you? I know Joelle, Joelle's in Pennsylvania. Um, Somebody else is in, I missed it. I saw something pop up on the chat and talking about about where they are and might not be in the United States, but yeah, hopefully some some friendships can develop and find each other on social media. And these are definitely like-minded spirits that are in this group. So that's, that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for being here, everybody. So I'm going to let Emily choose a winner. Um, and I, before we forget, before you all jump off, don't forget that there's bonuses. I didn't mention that at the top of the call for the re-release of how to stop feeling like shit. Um, let me show you really quick. We're doing these book plates, which I also did for make some noise. They are these fun little things, these stickers that I will personalize and sign them for you. So andreaowen.com slash HTSFLS to grab your bonuses. And I will snail mail this to you for free. We're also doing, there's a sharing contest. If you share on social media about the book, you can get entered to win a drawing for a free session with me. We're giving away books, all kinds of things. And there's a free podcast series that goes with the re-release where I'm taking you kind of behind the scenes as well as additional tools that go along with some of the most popular chapters that I wrote about and like the questions I get asked the most about a handful of chapters in this book. What am I missing, Emily? We're doing the giveaway, the book plates, the podcast series. The workbook. The workbook. The workbooks right. will be sent out around December 27th for those who have signed up for book bonuses. Yeah. And it's, it's for free and it, it, um, it has all of the questions that are at the end of every chapter in the book that are printable for you to be able to work through it. And it costs $0, all of that stuff. So thank you everyone for being here. Emily, who's going to get a free copy of how to stop feeling like shit? Danielle. Danielle, you are a winner. Sorry if I was yelling at anybody's ear. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Fantastic. If you can send your... <laughs> if you I love this mailing. book. Oh, it absolutely oh, changed you. my life. 
She's holding it. Make some noise for those of you that are only on audio. Um, thank make you. Thank noise. you. Thank you. I saw you live at a convention for a company that I worked at that recently went under and it tested my borderline personality traits so immensely. It was insane. And because of this book, you're on my board of directors and oh. I appreciate you so much. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And Danielle. I just put a question in the chat because my husband and I share an Amazon account and everything I get signed has his name instead of mine. <laughs> Is there oh, any way gosh. to change that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah, love Emily. it to be my name instead of his. <laughs> Emily will help you with that. All right. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Danielle. Thank you for those of you who asked your question and those of you that were just here live with us on the call, just joining us for for moral support. I appreciate you so much. Again, December 27th is the re-release of How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. And to close up this podcast episode, um, remember everyone, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes. AndreaOwen.com slash free. And you just sign up. You get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So andreaowen.com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're gonna talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.